It's time for us to begin this morning. I do want to thank you for joining me here on Bible Studies with Russ. As I've always done, I'm going to flip through just a few things for you to uh, remember concerning our Bible studies. And so, you, so you can see on this screen here, uh, this is our podcast page for this program. This is the audio-only part of it here. Uh, you, go to, you can go to BibleWayMedia.org and click on Live Schedule, click on Current Schedule, I believe what it says there, and you can see uh, Bible Studies with Russ listed there. And we moved to Tuesday, as it was formerly on Wednesday. But you can see from that screen that we are, this podcast will be available on all major podcast platforms, as you can see there, uh, Apple, Google, uh, of course, Podbean, which hosts the podcast, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Pandora, uh, TuneIn, and others as well. Uh, also on this screen here, this is the, the YouTube channels where you will see the, the recorded uh, Bible studies are going to be uh, posted there. They also will be on, of course, obviously on the uh, group page also. But if you're introducing someone to our Bible studies and they're not sure they want to join the group for whatever reason there may be, that's just fine, uh, they can view it, uh, the recorded uh, podcasts or recorded studies here on this on this page. Uh, simply entitled, I believe it says there, uh, Bible Studies with Russ. And if you search that on YouTube, it will pop up. Just look for that same uh, logo there. Uh, as we talked about last time, I know it's been a while because we've had our... Uh, holiday season going on and things of that nature. Uh, this is our outline for today. And if you're following this on on uh, Facebook in our group, uh, you can, if you have any questions, you can post them there in the chat. I am watching that as well. And so I'll try to respond to any comments or questions that you may have. So feel free to put anything you'd like there in that chat box, and I'll try to answer that as best as I can. But this is our outline for today. As you can see there, verses 1 through 4, the attraction trip of, of Judges chapter 14. That's where we will be, Judges 14. The attraction trip, 1 through 4, this is the verses there. Uh, 5 through 7, the arrangement trip. Uh, 8 through 18, you can see the celebration trip. And then uh, 19 through 20, the quote-unquote vengeance trip. And so that's what we'll be looking at today. I don't know if we'll get through all this. I don't know if we'll get through all of it and go to chapter 15. Uh, we'll just see how how that goes. But we will be uh, going through chapter uh, 14 uh, today. And so we're going to go ahead and move over. And as we have been in the past, I'll be using the New King James for our studies. As you can see that there on the screen. Uh, if, you, if it's hard for you to see, you may have to open up your own Bible as well. I'll try to make that as large as possible for you to see that the font. Uh, but I believe that I may have max that out on the size so anyway all right so let's go ahead and get into it. judges chapter 14 looking at verses 1 we're going through verses 1 through 4 and then we'll uh look at this uh in in sections so in verses 1 through 4 of judges chapter 14 the bible says now samson went down samson went down just this a little bit samson went down to timnah and saw a woman in timnah the daughters of the philistines now, the Bible doesn't tell us why he went down there. It just simply tells us that he went down. Uh, maybe he already determined ahead of time this is why he was going, going to go down there, was to find himself a wife. The Bible says there in verse 2, So he went up and told his, uh, so in verse 1, he saw the woman intimidated the daughters of the Philistines. And so we see he, he notices a woman there among the Philistines. Now, we know, as we're going to see in a moment, 
This is not where he should have been taking his wife from. As we find in verse 2, the Bible says, so he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah, of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. And so there he saw the Philistine woman who's who, who attracts him, who he is attracted to. He returned to his home and requested that his parents arrange a marriage with this woman. But we know, as we see in verse 3, that his parents would tell him what advise against it. Verse 3 says, And his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren, or among all people, oh, among all my people, rather, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? So obviously, they're saying, This is not where you need to go to find your wife. Um, they point out in verse 3, they say, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren among, or among all my people? I mean, there are so many people here which you could choose from. Why would you go to, as, as we find here, the reference here to the uncircumcised Philistines? You notice in verse 4, as we'll continue, whether well, not verse 4, but a lot of part of verse 3, that Samson's response simply is that she pleases me well. He says to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. She's what? Well, she also must have been good-looking. Uh, I think there's no doubt that is included in here. But we have to remember that, um, as I have here, you know, physical attraction prevailed over wisdom and parental objection. Um, there's going to be times where people don't agree with who you are, who you are dating. Uh, but here, this is not dating. This is getting into, entering into the marriage bond. Um, and so we have to remember that if we are going to, uh, when, we, when we're talking about choosing a mate, we have to be careful where we're choosing our mate from. And that's what we found here in verse 3. And when his father and mother are warning him, saying, Is there not someone from among, uh, among the daughters of your brethren, among all my people, there in verse 3? You know, choose from somewhere else. And they don't, they don't speak against her as an individual. They speak against the whole entire group of the Philistines, from the uncircumcised Philistines, which is a reference to those who are not following after God. And so he, 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 is, he is encouraged not to choose someone who is not a follower of God. Um, the uncircumcised, you know, that's a sign of someone who is not following God because one of the signs of those who are following God were those who were circumcised. Now, She's among the uncircumcised, which means that she was what? She was not a follower of God. Uh, we see in verse 3, his response said his, his, his response to his father was, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. She pleases me well. She is what? She is no doubt good looking. Maybe she says kind things to him. Uh, we probably all remember that period where you're getting to know someone and and your, uh, you know, that excitement, that, that joy, and all those types of things. I'm not saying that goes away because it shouldn't. But we find here that is the whole reason he wants to not just to spend time with her, but he wants to make her his wife. Now we find in verse, um, we find here, look at verses 1 through 3, the lust of the flesh is the foundation, as, we have, as I have here before me. This commentary says, The lust of the flesh is the foundation of sand upon which to, to, to build uh, the temple of, of marriage. The lust of the flesh, he says here, is, is a foundation which to build it. Um, we do not build our, our marriages upon the lust of the flesh. I think this is, maybe I'm reading that wrong. The lust of the flesh is, not, is a foundation, he says, a foundation of sand. Now, you think about that foundation of sand, what he's saying here, is that you no know, sand moves, right? I mean, you step on it, it, all you do is just touch it, and sand will just move aside. 
and, and it's not a firm, steady, strong foundation. And that's the point here. The lust of the flesh, physical attraction is not enough to base the marriage bond upon. Uh, people, as we get older, our appearances change, and that is a natural part of life. Uh, but we find here that she pleases him well. You know, she may be attractive, she may be saying nice things to him, those types, sorts of things, but that's not what we base the marriage bond upon. But we find here when his, when his parents question him about it and try to encourage him, he simply says, she pleases me well. Um, okay, great, but that doesn't mean you should take her as a, as a, as a wife. Um, Israel as a whole was, um, you know, well, let's think about this for a second. Through the personal agreements of Samson, God would bring devastation and death upon the oppressors. Do you think about this? Verses 1 through 4. The marriage of the Philistine woman was the first step in stirring up Samson to anger against the enemies of God's people. While we read, you know, while we read through Judges 14, we should know that we should know God's, um, well, the re- readers of Judges 14 know God's secret. The main characters in the chapter do not. And so while we can read through this in Judges chapter 14, and having read this probably before, we know what's going to happen. But in the moment, they do not know what's going to happen. Now, does that mean that Samson was okay in, in taking her as his wife? Well, no. Let's look ahead now. Uh, at verse 4, it says, But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, right? That's the secret thing we're talking about there. That he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So this was going to be used to, as the text says here, uh, the Lord, the, it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So this is part of God's plan. Now, we have to be very, very careful when we use that phrase, God's plan, because we have people that who want to take everything, good or bad, and say, well, it's part of God's plan. And that's not the case. Sometimes people just do dumb things, and they and they just happen to work out for the best. And they say, well, see, that's part of God's plan. No, it wasn't. Maybe you just got lucky. Maybe someone else was looking out for you that wasn't necessarily the Lord. And so we have to be careful when we say God's plan. But in verse 4, it actually was God's plan. The Bible says, But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that it was God's intention or God's plan. He was seeking an occasion or an opportunity, opportunity to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Now, verses, so that's verses 1 through 4. That's what we call the attraction trip, verses 1 through 4. Now, as we look at Judges 14, 5 through 7, this is what we, as I mentioned earlier, we have outlined here as the arrangement trip, verses 5 through 7. So if you look at verse uh, 5 here, the Bible says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. And now to his surprise, the Bible says in verse 5, a young lion came roaring, came roaring against him. And so he went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to these vineyards of Timnah. Now, Timnah, and I apologize for these for this yellow outline. I tried earlier, I got part of it removed, but I know it's kind of hard to see. But Timnah, as we have here in Strong's, I know it's really hard for you to see there. But Timnah um, means, literally means portion. So it's a town on the northern border of Judah, later assigned to Dan, uh, below a town in the hill country of Judah. So they're, they're reaching these, they've reached these vineyards of Timnah, Timnah, which again is at the northern border of the Judah, uh, later assigned to Dan. Now, in verse 5 says, Now, to his surprise, this is the surprise of Samson, a young lion came roaring out against him. Now, now 
this is interesting, and I don't always understand why certain things take place, but the Bible does explain it, uh, explain these things to us as we go through here. Um, and it kind of gives opportunity for, for Samson, I think, to consider things. So this line, or this line comes out against him. Verse 6, now notice, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, which means that what Samson is about to do is not because he is because of his own physical ability. What's taking place in verse 6 is going to be a direct result of the, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him mightily. Uh, I, think, I like how it says mightily. Not mean, it's not just that it came upon him, but it came upon him mightily, which seems to indicate here, as we continue reading in a second, that it gave him physical strength. Now, we don't, I don't, I can't think of other times in the Bible where, um, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit encourages people uh, in the sense of, of thinking about the New Testament, the apostles and things such as that. It's an encourager, it's a comforter. Um, not a whole lot of times I can think of where it actually grants physical strength. But here in verse 6, that's what takes place. And I think we have to remember that this is all part, as we back up just a moment back to verse 4, this was what what the Lord had in, had in his mind. This was part of the Lord's plan. Again, using that phrase carefully. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the line apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand, which means it tells us that the Holy Spirit came upon him and gave him physical strength, and he tore this line apart with his bare hands. Now, I want to say that's impressive. But it is the Holy Spirit that's giving him this ability to do that. Now, as we look at verse 6, he goes, the Bible goes on to say here, But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Why? I have no idea why he didn't tell them. And we can speculate why he didn't tell them. Maybe he didn't, um, maybe he was afraid, maybe they start questioning, uh, you know, what's happening, uh, questioning, um, you know, how could he do this? How could he have that ability? Not necessarily why he killed this lion, but how could he have the ability to kill a lion in that way? Um, sometimes we don't talk about things because we don't want the questions, right? Uh, in verse 6, I don't think he wanted the questions because I don't think, um, and again, thinking, speculation, I don't think uh, Samson actually understood that why he was able to do that. It's not natural for a man to be able to catch a lion and just rip it apart, as it says here, as, he, as one would have torn apart, torn apart a young goat. Um, you know, just beat it up, just totally have dominion over that, over a lion. Verse 7, as we continue here, it says, He went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. Now, I don't know what the other, let me look at a few translations here. The King James, I doubt there's anything that's spoken differently in verse 7. She pleased, him, she pleased Samson well. Uh, the American Standard. There in verse 7, she pleased Samson well. Um, the ESV um, says, and she was right in Samson's eyes. Um, I don't think I would use that phrase concerning Delilah. I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced Samson thought she was right. Maybe that she was the right one for him. But right as in, because when we say right in Samson's eyes, we might think, well, Samson thought she was... Uh, you know, okay, the side of God sometimes because the way that phrase is, is there. Um, but she, she pleased him well. I don't think there's any indication here of anything more than physical attraction. Um, I could be wrong. Um, physical attraction along with, you know, flattering words. Um, you know, we read about the danger of flattering words in Proverbs and other, other texts of the Bible. And 
we have to, for us today, be mindful of those kinds of things. Um, but keep in mind, of course, as we saw earlier back in verse uh, 4, it was, this is all part of God's plan because he was going to use him to go against the Philistines, right? All right, so that is the end of the arrangement trip of verses 5 through 7. Next, we have in verses 8 through 18, and I'm not sure we'll get through all this, but verses 8 through 18, we have what I call the, or what we have here as the quote-unquote celebration trip. As you can see there on the outline, uh, the attraction trip, the arrangement trip, the celebration trip, right? And then the last two, ver- uh, last two verses, the, excuse me, the vengeance trip. And so we're in the celebration trip of verses 8 through 18. Now, let's go back and let's look at verses 8 and following. We'll see how far we get. Here the Bible says in Judges 14, verse 8, After some time when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. So when Samson returned to take his bride, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion he had slain on an earlier trip. There he found a swarm of, of, of bees and honey. The Bible says in verse 9, He took some of it in his, in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them. They also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now, um, interesting, right? I mean, to me, when I, when I read this, I'm like, I don't think that is a commonplace event. Um, we continue reading here. Uh, he, he caught it up to his parents. Uh, he gave them some as well as we see in verse 9. He didn't tell them where he had t- secured the honey. Again, Samson had a secret. His parents were in the dark, verses 8 and 9. So, um, the, 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 so the parents are in the dark concerning God's plan. Uh, so is Samson. They were also in the dark regarding Samson killing the lion and also in the dark where this honey had come from. Um, I'm not an animal expert, but I don't think honey being found in the carcass of a lion is commonplace. Um, I tend to think of that in my mind of this being a sign of God uh, maybe approving of what Samson has done so far because uh, this is God's plan to bring him against the Philistines. Um, is that absolutely has to be the certainty of it? I won't say that. But it's interesting. Um, just multiple things his parents are unaware of now, right? The plan which Samson and his parents are unaware of and then the killing of the lion and where the honey came from, three things his parents are unaware of. Verse 10 says, So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there for, for, for young men uh, used to do so. And it happened when they saw him, they, they, brought him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. So in verses 10 and 11, he goes down, and uh, his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there uh, for, for young men used to do so. It doesn't say in verse 10, the, the opinion, other than she was a uh, of the Philistines, of her, of his father about the woman. It doesn't say what, what his opinion of her was, other than she was from the uncircumcised Philistines, right? But Samson gives a feast uh, there for young women used to do so, kind of like you know before the the marriage, uh, for the the wedding rather, uh, they had this feast. <coughs> And it happened when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. So they brought in 30 more people to for this party. Um, not a small party, right? Verse 12, And Samson said to them, Let me pose a riddle to you. If you can correctly solve and explain it to me within the seven days of the feast, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. So this tells us, first of all, the feast is going to last seven days. And 
and then he gives them this riddle, and he tells them they can figure it out before the feast is over. I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. Um, now, and I want to point out here, and this is from uh, James Smith, and I've forgotten about this. Um, he points this out, he says, eating honey, this goes back to verse 8 and 9, eating honey um, from the carcass of a lion, Simpson had violated the Nazarite uh, rule about touching something that was dead. Now, he appears to have violated the rule against drinking the, the fruit of the vine. Um, and he says, and it's fortunate for this was a uh, strike two against Samson. Uh, and I've forgotten about the Nazarite bowel and the carcass, uh, eating the carcass. Um, and so that's the interesting thing about uh, drinking the wine. Uh, that'd be two times you violated the Nazarite bowel. That's correct. Uh, I forgot about that. Um, now he goes on to say here, some say here that, that the, to impress these snobbish friends of his bride, Samson proposed a challenge to the Philistine guests. Um, why do you say snobbish? I don't know. Uh, and, you know, I don't really like when, when commentators say those kinds of things. There's no way of knowing the, 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 the character at this point, at least, of these friends. Um, but he, he does, and he wanted to impress them. I don't know about that. Uh, maybe because he tells them to give them 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing, because that would not be something small to give in that day of time. Can you imagine telling someone, if you can figure out this riddle in seven days, I'll give you 30, uh, 30 sets of clothing and, uh, and uh, 30 linen garments and then 30 sets, uh, changes of clothing. I think linen garments are reference to undergarments. So basically, I'll give you all the underwear and clothing. I'll give you 30 pairs of underwear and 30 pairs of clothing. Uh, sounds weird to us, but that was a very big deal. You know, changes of clothing, 30 sets, uh, 30 changes of clothing was nothing to do balk at. You know, if I think about uh, preachers today, if someone says, you know, figure this out, I'll give you 30, 30 different suits. Okay, I'm in. Let's see if I can figure this out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, verse 13, if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. Uh, and he said to them, pose your riddle that we may hear it. And they said to him, rather, so here we go, verse 14. So they said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now for three days they could not explain the riddle. Now we know what is this talking about. He's talking about the lion, right? Out of the eater, which is the lion, came something sweet. Out of the strong, which reference to him, uh, or out of the lion again, out of the strong came something sweet. Um, and so... Um, now, for three days, they could not explain the riddle there in verse 14. Now, now, it came to pass on the seventh day that they said to Samson's wife there in verse 15. Now, here we go. This is very starts getting interesting. Um, no, it hasn't already. But uh, on the seventh day, verse 15, they said to Samson's wife, go to his wife. These guys are quite the character, aren't they? They are very, very interesting. Um, they go to his wife. Entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us. And so I said earlier, this is prior to, to, to the wedding. Um, and I said that because, as we back up here, um, he was to take her as his wife and doesn't mention anything about her being his wife until this feast goes on. And so I'm not sure that's the reference to him at this point uh, as to her actually being his wife or she called, she called that, but she's going to be his wife. Um, but as we, as we back up for just a second, where's that? They saw him went down to the woman. It doesn't refer to him, at, refer to her as his wife there in verse 10. She referred to his wife, uh, not until we get down here in verse, uh, 16. Um, 
So it's hauling down to the woman, attempts to give a feast there for young men used to do so. Um, it says nothing about them uh, being married until verse 15. Uh, now, um, anyway, they, he says, they say here to, to uh, his wife, entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us, or else we will burn you in a lost house with fire. Have you invited us in order to take, take what is ours? Is that not so? Things just took a very violent turn, didn't they? What just happened there? Um, so by the third day, the Philistines had still not solved the riddle. Uh, on the fourth day, they approached Samson's bride. If she did not coax the answer from him, the seventh day, they threatened to burn her and her father's house. They did not intend to be financially, you must say, disadvantaged because they agreed to attend a wedding feast honoring her husband. We see in verse 15. Now, in verses 16 and 17, Bible says, So Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You pose riddles to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother, so should I explain it to you? That's quite the response. My mom's parents, I haven't explained it to them either, so why should I tell you? Wow. Um, this is not, first of all, this is not how husband and wife talk to one another. Um, you only hate me, you do not love me. Why did she come to him and say, look, these guys came to me, and here's what they told me. Uh, they threatened me. She doesn't say that. She's not being completely honest with, with him either. Now, keeping, keeping in mind, going back to verse, I think it was verse 4, this was done so, so that Samson could move against the Philistines, right? And so... Uh, but there's still a lot of things here, I think, for us to learn about how you do not talk to one another. Um, this is why it's important that you don't base the marriage bond upon physical things. Um, but she says in verse 16, you only hate me. You do not love me. They're, if they're actually married this time, and they're referred to as husband and wife, they're newlyweds, and these are strong words already. You have pulled the to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. His response in verse 16 is, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother, so should I explain it to you? That's not how you talk to your wife either. I don't say this as a person who is a perfect husband or a perfect man even, but I'm saying here in verse 16, what they're saying to one another, that's not how you talk to one another. Verse 17, Now she wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted, and it happened on the seventh day that he told her, because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the son of her people. Now why does she do so? Why does she explain the riddle? Because she was threatened. They threatened to basically to kill her and to burn her father's house. They'll kill you. He says, they say in verse 15, or else we'll burn you and your father's house with fire. I mean, basically we'll kill you and your parents if you don't. Um, why? Because they say in verse 15, have you invited us in order to take what is, take what is ours? Is that not so? Um, have you, haven't you brought us here to take what's ours? So if you don't tell us the answer to the riddle, we'll burn you and your father's house. Crazy, crazy. I mean, this stuff, this this whole fourteen chapter fourteen goes very Jerry Springer, very very quickly. Um, and so, verse seventeen, she she lays on, she wept on him, which means which means she's crying all over him, she's whining, but saying um, at least partly understandably so, because she's been threatened. So has her so has her parents. Um, she pressed him, verse seventeen. Because she pressed him so much, she, then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. So he tells her finally on the seventh day, in verse, and we see in verse 17, she tells it to the people as well. Uh, so Samson's wife turned on the tears at this point. This comes here, it says here, she accused Samson of hating her, about trusting her with his secret. And we've already talked about all these things. 
um, very, very interesting things taking place. Um, again, this is, this is in part at least telling, reminding us of why we have to be careful who we uh, choose to marry, choose who we date, let alone who we marry, right? Um, why did she, why did he choose her? If you remember earlier, it's because he said she pleased him well. You can read a lot into that. Um, I'm not going to get into it. And she obviously was pleasing him. Verse 18 says, And the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. So what is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? And so they figured it out, right? They're talking about honey and lion. Now look at verse 18. Now first is, uh, this is, the latter part of verse 18, and again, this is talking about the, the quote-unquote celebration trip, right? Um, not much celebrating going on. And he said to them, and notice now, don't refer to your spouse this way. I encourage you never to do this. Uh, he says, if you have not plowed my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. And we say here, if you have harassed my wife, you would never solve this, solve this riddle. You harass my wife, you must say plow, being referenced there basically to abuse her and to threaten her. He says, if you, if you would not have, you would have not solved my riddle otherwise. Um, I encourage you, like I said before, do not refer to your spouse this way. Um, but his point is, if you want to have a rational life, you would never figure it out. Now, verses 19 and 20, this is going to be the last, uh, we're running out of time. This is going to be the last two verses we look at as we close out for, uh, chapter 14. <clears throat> verses 19 and 20, and this is on the quote-unquote vengeance trip, verses 19 through 20. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty of their men, took their apparel, and gave the change of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. Ooh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happens, right? Verses 19 and 20. So the second time the Spirit of uh, the Holy Spirit moved upon him mightily, uh, and empowered Samson, and Samson began to feel his his uh, his his destiny, you might say, his purpose. As he would go and kill kill these in, these individuals, he went out Ashlon and killed thirty Philistines. He took their garments from these men back, uh, and and from these men he took them back to Timnah and threw them down in front of those who solved his riddle. Um, you might say this was the beginning of deliverance of the Philistine oppression. Yahweh's secrets, you saw back in verse four was starting to be revealed. Um, the Lord does not always, you might say, uh, His deliverances are not always without being messy. Bloodshed, right? Delivering them from the Philistines, it involved violence. Um, while he was away, Simpson's wife was given in marriage to, quote, his friend, his best man, who also was a Philistine, verses 19 and 20. And so there you go. Uh, they solved the riddle, and because they harassed uh, his then wife, uh, he goes and kills 30 Philistines, brings their clothing, and gives them to these men who solved the riddle. While he's gone, his, his wife is given to his companion who had been his best man. All right. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, again, the purpose, though, was to move Samson against Philistine, against the Philistines. Well, he's definitely going to be moved against the Philistines, isn't he? The anger is there. The drive is there. And we're going to see uh, in chapter 15, as you can see there just from the heading on the screen, um, 
There's going to be a lot more violence coming from Samson uh, for the purpose of delivering Israel from the Philistines. All right, we're going to stop there. I do thank you for being here with me today. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this program. Uh, again, as I mentioned before, uh, I mentioned online, this Bible study will happen, Lord willing, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we don't always go 30 minutes like we did today. Usually it's about 20, um, but that's okay. Uh, but this will happen every, like I said, Lord willing, every um, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Uh, this is recorded. This is, the video version will be on the YouTube channel, like I mentioned earlier here. And we'll, the audio version will be available uh, on uh, on Bible Media. And you can subscribe to Bible Studies with Russ on Bible Media through the various um, main uh, you can find this program through the various uh, major podcast platforms. And so I do thank you for being here with me today. hope you have enjoyed uh, this, this Bible study. And hope you'll join me again next time as we continue looking at uh, Judges. And I hope you have a good uh, rest of the day. And we'll see you, Lord willing, next time.